Uh, right now, want to kick things off this afternoon with this, that the Canadian Armed Forces has a people problem. The problem is there isn't enough people to fill all the jobs. Right across the board, pretty much, Army, Air Force, Navy, there's a shortage of Canadians applying to the forces. So just how bad is it? Well, numbers from the end of February show the Canadian Armed Forces had about 65,800 regular members. That's about 4,000 short of the 69,750 funded positions that make up its so-called authorized strength. And in the primary reserves, there's about 23,000 or about 6,000 fewer than authorized strength. Now, a few years back, the federal government's defense policy said it would like to see the authorized strength grow uh, by a few thousand in both regular members and primary reserves by 2026. But that's not happening attracting people to the Canadian Armed Forces is very difficult right now. Uh, there have been several changes, though, recently trying to make the forces more attractive, inclusive, welcoming, but is it going to be enough? And if it isn't, what then? Dr. Christian Luprecht is a political science professor at the Royal Military College of Canada and at Queen's University. He's an expert on security and defence. Dr. Luprecht, welcome back to the show. Good afternoon, Jalen. All right. Uh, you know, at, at first at first glance, uh, Christian, what is the major issue here? Why are people not being attracted to the forces anymore? Well, in some ways, having this conversation in Alberta, it's very similar to the labor market across the country, where there are labor shortages all across the board. And so, you know, in a tight economy, in a tight labor market, it's bound uh, that the Kenyan armed forces are going to suffer as well. Armed forces tend to do well on recruiting when the economy does poorly, and then mm. people are more likely to join the military when the economy does well, and they have lots of options, in many cases, better paying options. But there's really, I think, three separate crises here at the same time that we see. One is a recruitment crisis and a real challenge in bringing enough people through the door. So the Canadian forces tend to bring about between 50 and 60,000 people through the door and they end up hiring about 5,000 or so of those a year. Well, there's only about half of that number of people currently coming through the door. So there's an attraction problem. Then there's a, um, a there's, there's an attrition problem. That is to say people who've been trained up and it takes about a million dollars to train for a fully trained officer for instance uh, to get them to that place they do a couple tours and they're frustrated because they don't quite get sort of what they want out of the tours or they don't feel sort of they, 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 they don't like the treatment that they're getting or so and so there's an attrition problem and then there's a problem about bringing the right people in so it's not that there's not enough people coming through the door the Canadian Armed Forces are very high tech organization, if you think especially of the Navy and the Air Force, um, and so it requires very highly skilled individuals, precisely those individuals who are in very short supply in the Canadian economy overall. And this creates real problems because if you think, for instance, of a Mars officer on a, on a frigate, if you don't have a Mars officer, that frigate is not going to leave port. Hmm. And so we can buy all the equipment and the kit that we want, whether it's planes or ships or whatnot, if we don't have the people to operate 
operate that equipment, then all that equipment isn't particularly useful. And so people are the Canadian Armed Forces' most important assets, and we're learning that the very hard way. Yeah, and the vice, uh, the vice admiral of the Navy just recently saying that they're deploying less experienced sailors on operations and eliminating certain positions because they don't have uh, enough people. Dr. Luprecht, how much did the pandemic play a role in all of this? Yeah, that's a very good question. So there's a couple of challenges. One is that training slowed down substantially. So um, the Canadian Armed Forces during the pandemic trained fewer than half the people they would normally train. And this direct uh, translates directly into operations. So you talked about about the 4,500 or so positions that the regular force is short. Well, it is short 12,000 people operationally. So that is to say people that are in the force, but that in one way or another can't be deployed because they're not fully trained up, they're sick, they're decompressing or so forth. So imagine that you're running an organization that is effectively almost 20% short of the people that it would normally is authorized to, to staff up. So that means that every uniform member is doing their job plus part of someone else's job because that other job, that position isn't staffed up and it's really wearing on people. It is wearing people out because everybody is constantly doing much more than they're normally paid to do or normally asked to do simply because uh, there's such a shortage of, uh, um, of people. And I think that's a manifestation of 20 years of neglect of the Canadian Armed Forces, benign neglect by governments on both sides of the aisle that have simply focused on operations, mm -hmm. which meant the Canadian Armed Forces could not focus on sustainment, could not focus on force generation. And now that's the, 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 the challenge that we have, that we have real challenges in sustaining and generating the force. I, I, and, I, and you have to think, of course, that the sexual misconduct crisis within um, the Canadian Armed Forces playing a role as well in attracting uh, because the, the CAF wants to also attract, you know, more diversity. They want more LGBTQ+. They want more uh, women. They want more people f representative of, of the Canadian uh, makeup. But I'm guessing that there's a, a lot of folks maybe in there that don't feel welcome inside uh, the service, given what they've witnessed over the past couple of years. Yeah, I think there's a reality and there's a perception sort of issue that um, in reality there are there's a significant institutional culture problem but it is highly nuanced in as large an organization as mm -hmm. the Canadian Armed Forces with some elements much more progressive and other elements that need significant amounts of work but there's no question that the sexual misconduct uh, and institutional culture crisis is having a real effect on attraction because the Canadian Armed Forces are way down in the number of women who are coming through the door and expressing interest dramatically um, and so while the Canadian Armed Forces are doing okay in working towards achieving their targets on other underrepresented groups, including Indigenous Canadians um, and members from, uh, from, from immigrant, ethno-cultural, ethno-religious groups, uh, the Canadian Armed Forces are really struggling with women. And that, of course, is a problem because you're effectively shutting yourself out of about half, over half the population. And in many cases, of course, as we know from university graduates, some of the most skilled graduates from our universities. And so that is something Canadian Armed Forces 
have to remedy. The challenge is that some of those remedies are beyond the remit of the Canadian Armed Forces themselves and require political leadership. And as we know, the current government has not necessarily been the most, uh, shall we say, uh, um, uh, has not really taken the bull by the horn in terms of throwing political leadership uh, on um, different um, Armed Forces files, including the personnel file. But uh, we can only hope that the current minister um, understands the gravity of the issue here and that this does require ultimately political decisions that are beyond the Canadian Armed Forces remit. Dr. Christian Luprak joining me this afternoon. Um, the Chief of the Defence Staff, General Ware, uh, made a statement to the Ontario Defence Conference earlier earlier this month that the, uh, the, the, the Canadian Armed Forces readiness, quote, keeps him awake at night, that it needs more members. What does um, the issue of attracting people and the lower numbers in the forces what what impact could or does this have on operational capability well, Brigadier General Krista Brody has publicly referred to this as an existential crisis for the Canadian Armed Forces. And the reason is very straightforward, that the Canadian Armed Forces are now running so short on personnel, on experienced leaders, and especially on, in particular, highly skilled trades, that the Canadian Armed Forces risks not being able to deliver on some of the mandates and some of the operations that it is being tasked with by the uh, Government of Canada, and thus in terms of delivering on the expectations of Canadians. And so uh, this, of course, is a major problem when you have a G7 country with the current demands, whether it's domestic operations in response to hurricanes, tornadoes, mm -hmm. whatever types of calamities. You need to defend the continent, uh, including against uh, all sorts of threats uh, from adversaries. And of course, as we know, it's a very volatile security environment, including for our closest allies in Europe, and where we have an organization that in that environment with not being able to deliver, then Canada and Canadians and Canadian sovereignty have a real challenge because it means it undermines our ability to make sovereign policy decisions. Have we ever been in this position before where we haven't possibly been able to respond to what's needed? Um, certainly, uh, there, uh, there are challenging times for the Canadian Armed Forces, including under uh, a previous Trudeau government in the 1970s. Uh, but uh, I would say the situation that we find that the Canadian Armed Forces finds itself in currently um, is uh, certainly within um, this century and sort of the time of the Canadian that the Canadian Armed Forces have existed as a sovereign organization uh, since unification is uh, um, of the forces in the in the 1960s is quite unprecedented. Uh, the silver lining is hopefully that with the public attention and the political attention on the organization, it can hopefully actually get the leadership and attention as well as the investment that it's required. But really what the Canadian Armed Forces require now, there are so many fires that are burning that it requires a strategy, a 15-year strategy of how you're going to mm. rebuild this force to be able to deliver on what it ultimately uh, on, on what it ultimately needs to do in terms of serving Canadians. We can't have this piecemeal approach of trying to tinker here and tinker there on the organization and hope that all sort of somehow sort itself out. Dr. Luprecht, I always appreciate your time. Thank you for this. My pleasure. Thank you, Jalen. Yep. Take care. Dr. Christian Luprecht, who's a professor of political science at uh, the Royal Military College of Canada and Queen's University, an expert on security and defense, follows all of this obviously very closely.